Greetings in the name of Christ. We are in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 to verse 22. But I'm not going to read from verse 8 to verse 22, but we'll only look at verse 8 to verse 10. But in this section, 8 to 22, we see a successful faith described to us by the author of Hebrews. He gives us three convictions that you must have so that you may have a triumphant, persevering faith. And in verse 8 to verse 10, we see that in order for you to have a triumphant, persevering faith, you have to trust in God's promises immediately. And then in verse 13 to verse 16, you have to trust in God's promises unwaveringly. And then in verse 17 to verse 22, you have to trust God's promises completely. We see in verse 8 to verse 10 that you have to trust God's promises immediately. And here we see it displayed in the life of Abraham. Reading from verse 8 to verse 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You will remember in verse 1 to verse 7, we saw what kind of faith we are supposed to have. It is a faith that preserves your soul so that you may not shrink back to destruction. We saw the nature of this faith in verse 1 to verse 3 and the evidence of this faith in verse 4 to verse 7, specifically in the lives of Abel, Enoch, and Noah. We saw that faith in the Christian life is outward-looking, not inward-looking. We saw that God gives us tangible promises which are right and true for us to hold on to. Faith is placed on what you can look at in the Bible and hope in. Successful faith is the object of your faith, which is ultimately Christ, not in the quantity of your faith. We are going to look at a different angle today, and so we do that, and we look at what it is like. But I want you to think of a place that you call home, either where you live now, or where you used to live, or where you want to see yourself one day. What do you love about your home? Imagine yourself at home, comfortable and happy there, and you have all the things you need to stay there for life. Suddenly, God calls you to leave your home and tells you to relocate to a place where he will give you the details of later. He does not give you directions. He does not tell you how far it is. He does not give you ideas of what this place is going to look like and does not tell you how long it is going to take you to get there. What will you do? Well, to see that, let us see the conviction that you must have so that you may have a persevering, triumphant faith. We look at Abraham. He shows us that when God calls us to do this, we must 
trust in God's promises with immediately, without delay. When he tells us to go, saying that he will be with us and promises us that, that he will be with us, we must trust immediately. By trusting God's promises immediately, I mean without delay when God calls you to trust in him. We see this by looking at the life of Abraham when he was called by God to leave a place uh, that God was calling him to. Abraham was a, was a great figure and example of all of us as Christians and our father of the faith. When the Apostle Matthew begins the genealogy of Jesus Christ and Messiah, he begins with Abraham. And all of Genesis chapter 12 to chapter 25 is dedicated to Abraham and gives us his life and faith as an example and conviction of things we must have. The Bible tells us to look at Abraham in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 7 to verse 8, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 to verse 9, in Romans chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3, in James chapter 2, verse 23. Before Abraham uh, was called by God, he was a pagan who lived in Ur of the Chaldeans, a place perhaps called Iraq today. It was a sophisticated city at the time, the best mathematicians and writers and business people and generally educated people came from there. But it was an evil city because they had this God they worshipped and they sacrificed humans to their gods. Abraham's day, in Abraham's day, Ur would have been uh, known as a civilized pagan nation. Abraham lived comfortably there and was most probably very wealthy like most people there. So you find in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to verse 3 that Abraham was called out of his comfort zone by God. What does this look like? Well, Genesis chapter 13 verse 14 to verse 16 tells us that God called him out and after he called him out, he was puzzled but he obeyed. But then God meets him and then he cuts a covenant with Abraham, a unilateral covenant which depends solely on God, solely on God to keep. What was God's promise to Abraham? A people, a family, a home, a land. But before this, our text tells us that Abraham was called and God gave him a promise. Abraham trusted immediately. And that's what makes his faith unique. Look at verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11. He was called and he obeyed. This is an immediate response from Abraham. What is he going to find in another place? Does he know if it is going to be good for him or not? You go to another land and you do not have the benefits of citizenry there. All he trusted was God's word. In Genesis chapter 12, we are told that he went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and he was 75 at the time. This is not a young man who was looking for adventure. He died at 175 years old, satisfied with his life. He had to go without figuring out what it would look like. Look at what we are told in verse 9, and this is remarkable. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in, as in a foreign land, 
dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. This is what Luke records about this in Acts chapter 7, verse 5 and verse 6. But he, God, gave Abraham no inheritance in it, not even a food of ground. And yet, when he had no child, he promised that he would give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke to this effect, that his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. What gave him this hope? He woke up every day in a tent and never had a dwelling anywhere permanently. Here is the question. Did Abraham understand the promise of living in a land with descendants that are as the stars of heaven and innumerable as the sand which is uh, by the seashore, as in living on this earth or taking place during his lifetime? Did he think that's what, that's what was going to happen? I don't think so. I think he saw beyond this earth. Surely he knew that this could not be fulfilled here. He did not know how big the planet was going to be at the time or how the, the, this planet Earth is at the time. And on top of that, he knew he was not going to be alive much longer to see all his descendants. So what gave him hope? We look at verse 10. He was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. His heart was captured by the city of God, and even though he lived in tents and moved from place to place, his heart was out of touch with the world and the conditions around him. Kent Hughes says the following, The life of faith demands that we live in dissonance with the unbelieving world. A life of faith is not anti-cultural, but counter-cultural. Thus, a vibrant faith is always meshed with a sense of dis-ease, a pervasive in-betweenness, a sense of being a camper. It is a dangerous thing when a Christians begin to feel permanently settled in this world. Which city has captured your heart? What is the place that you call home? And what can you say with pride has captured your heart? Can you proudly say that you are a citizen of heaven? Can you tell people saying, if you may not have the material blessings of this world or ever live in your dream home or dream city, you will still be fine with that because this world is not your home. It is just a temporary home for you. You know that one day you will be in the city of God. Dave Latham says the following, Abraham's life is given to us as an example to wake us from the slumber of rampant materialism and comforts because Jesus is better than that. Abraham's life is an example to us that if we are in Christ, we are already citizens of the city of God and heirs to his kingdom. This gives us freedom to hold loosely to this world and gives us freedom to walk in gospel confidence and gospel faith as we trust the Lord, especially when he calls us to do something that is uncomfortable or scary.